Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, my little devs? What's up, my poquito diablos? I don't know if that was correct, but I felt it. It was right at the time. Anyway, we have a pretty tipsy Josh Flagg coming up today on Burning in Hell, which is iconic. But I want to do a little intro to catch up with you guys because I've been traveling the nation, meeting little devils, meeting gigglers, and... Being in the flesh, which I hate to say, but being in the flesh and meeting you guys has been everything because especially during the pandemic, I'm doing Zoom pods and you feel disconnected from stuff. And then you're doing reality TV and people are, you know, watching you on a screen of something you filmed months ago that's been altered. And I like just being all of me and be able to connect with all of you. That's a John Legend song, I think. Regardless. <laughs> I'm just very happy to meet you guys in person and um what are some of my shows coming up I have New Jersey Buffalo Nashville New York City San Francisco Tempe 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 I'm not sure Irvine Orlando Tampa and Raleigh North Carolina and Maryland um but it's been a journey traveling to other cities and I want to give you a little update on that but first I've gotten a bunch of messages, obviously, because there's been a lot of tennis drama going down, and people are like, Hannah, you can't be quiet during this time. And I'm like, valid point, because I'm not one to stay quiet during any time. But um, obviously, Naomi Osaka has been going through some stuff. We witnessed Simone Biles going through some stuff. And I know, you guys know, I've been going through stuff on Burning in Hell since day one. Day one, though. But I, you guys know that I suffered from... A lot of anxiety when it came to sports. I had really bad performance anxiety. And I thought I was just crazy. Because people didn't care as much about the mental part of the game. In terms of like having breaks. In terms of meditating. It was more just like be tough. Be strong. Never be weak. Which I'm now working on in therapy. Um, but yes, I have a new therapist. Which has been really exciting. Which I want to update you guys on too. Oh, I love it's like I'm leaving a really long voicemail to someone who might not listen, but it's it's good to get this stuff out. So my opinion on Naomi Osaka, who if you haven't been following it, she has said she was dealing with some depression. She said she dealt with a lot of anxiety when it came to interviews, so she tried to not have to do interviews, but then she got in trouble with the WTA. She got fined, she dropped out. And then she's kind of been losing. But as this is happening, she's also becoming like one of the most famous athletes and highest paid athletes in the world. And it's not a coincidence. It's happening at the same time. But it kind of sucks because you're like, wait, with all this success, does it mean you're not the same person anymore and you're dealing with all this bullshit you didn't have to deal with before? Because, I mean, the come up is fun. The come up, it's even like an entertainment. People don't know who you are. They want the next best thing. They meet you. They like you. And then you're the new shiny toy that everyone wants a piece of. 
And then once you get up and you become successful, then you have a target on your back and you have a lot of pressure on you. Um, and people deal with that pressure differently. And a lot of it is mindset. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka were both struggling with performance anxiety um, and mental health stuff because this is the first time that stars have grown up, in my opinion, with this much social media. And you guys, we forget that social media is bad for you. But we all enable it because that's just what we do. No one will tell their friend like, hey, you've been on Instagram a lot today. You should get off. Never once. Never once have I said that. Have I said it to myself and not listened? Yes. But if you think about it, Simone Biles wins. And then for four years is the face of almost the Olympics, not just USA Gymnastics, plus all the press of the trauma of Larry Nasser, Voldemort, and you're dealing with it not just with a couple newspapers that you could, you know, not look at if you don't want to. You're getting notifications on your phone. Even if you're trying to ignore it, you go to message your friend, your friend tells you. You go to send a message, a DM, and you see it flooded. You get an email about yourself. You get Google alerts. I mean, it's impossible, and it's like, I feel like celebrities have never been more aware of the amount of people that have opinions on them. And, but celebrities can control kind of their performance. And you know how they control it? They fucking hide. They hide or they get paparazzi to show them in a certain light. Where athletes, you're raw out there. And it's judgment day. And you have to perform with all the shit going on in your head of what people are thinking of you. Um, People don't talk about it, but in women's tennis there's a lot of betting that happens and because women's tennis is a little women's tennis it's easier for there to be upsets because the serves aren't as strong if that makes sense it's a little more crazy the results so people get into betting and when you lose a a match this didn't happen to me because I wasn't playing at the level of tournaments that people were doing it at but you, apparently you get thousands of like death threats from people who bet on you and lost. And Sloane Stevens talked about it. Shelby Rogers talked about it recently. So this stuff is coming out. But the fact of the matter is the internet is a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. But it's what we live on. We can't just delete the internet out of our lives, especially for people who use the internet to make money. I'm not even talking about influencers, but like, it's just part of your daily life. So that's when I realized, like, there was a funny meme, like, I'll mute you on my phone because you're not about to make me feel bad on my own damn phone. And it's true. It's your job to, when you see something that's bad energy, or when you see someone that's hurt you, or when you see something that you don't like, you don't have to see it. I mean, it's hard, but practice muting practice deleting you don't even have to like unfollow people just mute mute the fuck out of people and it's not mean it's for you to we've never seen as much shit and how people are doing their shit and what people are up to as much as we do now like that's not normal to wake up and be able to know what every single person is doing maybe there was almost a little bit of calmness during the quarantine to know like we're all dealing with the same thing. Like, no one's on a trip to, you know, Cancun. No one's filming a TV show. No one's, you know, eating a... <coughs> Ooh, sorry, I had to sneeze. No one's eating a dinner. 
a fancy dinner. No one has a new b- boyfriend. We all were just lying in bed sad. And there was a niceness to that. Um, and it's funny because I've been talking about mental health for a long time. But now it's kind of like in and cool. And it's interesting to see like how people talk about it. Because people also use it in a way to be like, look, I'm being so real. and I'm, But people use it for likes. People use it f- talking about it. And then there's also the like mental health people on TikTok that are like, this changed my life. Or they're like, mm, you just have to make matcha lattes. And like they glamorize the wellness, like recovery process, getting out of depression. And it's like, it's not like that. It's ugly. It's shitty. It's traumatizing. So moral of the story, when people ask, what do you think about Osaka? What do you think about Naomi Biles? I think social media is a big part of it. And I think that they're not protected. Like you could, you can't tell her like, you can't control her and how much she sees on her phone all the time. Um, you know, back then you'd be on TV shows or newspapers, but it wasn't the same as being able to go on Twitter and seeing the millions of things being said about you that gets in your head and it's going to affect you. And I know the average person doesn't have to deal with that, but I do think we can take from it and learn from it in that what you're consuming creates your reality and it's all about perspective. And if your perspective is not happy based on what you're seeing online, know that that's not reality. What you're seeing on your phone is a contrived reality. I mean, that's what burning in hell started on. Just that, like, we're all going through hell. We all have demons. And as you guys know, I've gone through some really bad hell the last couple of months. And for all you guys who are here and sticking through the hell with me, like, I fucking love you all. Um, and speaking of you all, now that I just went on a long rant about how much social media sucks, <laughs> I want to talk about my tour. Um, and just a little fun facts about it. So my first one back was Governors in Long Island, where my Nana went, my parents went, my family went. And it was great. The crowd was a little chatty, but we sold out a lot of nights. They were very drunk, drunk crowd. Des and I did some stuff at the end because Des came to that show. City Winery was fun too. It was very fancy in New York City. Then I went to Philadelphia on July 4th weekend. Des wasn't there. And we, I was like my first show alone. And I love the open, I, I get to meet all these cool comics and like their lives and what they're up to. And we, you become a team by the end of it because you're performing five shows together. So Philly was great. Very cute town, just like New York City, but much cleaner and more polite. Then I went to Sandman Comedy Club in Richmond, which I'd never been to Richmond, but we, Des and I did discover that they have really cool scooters. I didn't know you guys had scooters. Like, a lot of towns have scooters that you could just scoot around, these electronic scooters. I thought it was dangerous. Des made me overcome my fears, and we were flying all around Richmond. We found, like, one really good Jewish deli or, like brunch place that slapped that's really the only word I could think of um it's funny I leave New York City and find the one Jewish place to eat in Richmond but I'm finding a lot of these cities have way more culture than I thought like middle America doesn't get enough like every single town I've been to and city has like a cool area that's not just like generic you know um 
it, it has like cool artsy independent stores which um I love then I went to Indianapolis and I fell in love with Indianapolis I know it sounds crazy but like I really liked my opener and my feature when I say opener and feature I mean the two comics that go on stage before me and they kind of I never say yes to hanging out like before shows but Sarah was like oh do you want to get brunch we go get brunch next thing I'm making friends with people I'm like am I moving to Indianapolis and then we went out the last night you guys I never go out I never do I'm on a detox from reality tv but they were like let's go to a bar we get to the bar I'm like whatever we do I just I don't want to go to a club I want something low-key we get a conversation we're at the bar and it's pretty it's too low-key and someone's like hey my girlfriend's across the street do you want to go to the club and I was like you know what fuck it we go it was insane I we talked about it on Ben Polizzi episode definitely listen to that episode he's hysterical um and let's just say your girl needed about a week or two to get over that hangover um I went too hard. Then I went to Levity Live in West Nyack. That's like near Westchester. And then it started to get crazy because I went to Texas. I went to Houston and Dallas. And um, I was very confused as to if Texas is the South or not. And turns out Texas is just Texas. They were like, we're Texas, we're our own thing. And I'm like, I Googled it, you guys are the South. And they were like, no, we're Texas. And then sometimes, like, you want to get the audience to make you feel, well, you want to make the audience feel like you care about where they're from. And I do. I'm very interested in it. But I'll, I'll name, like, a sports team. And I said, go Cowboys. But I said that in Houston. And um, I almost got stampeded. A guy in the front stood up. And I was like, this is it. This is how I die. At least I'm doing what I love. And then I was like, where? where? And then I go, go Texans. And then they all started cheering. But um, that was scary for me. Then I went to East Hampton and like my family was there, but it was at this kind of like music-y cool venue. Um, and I did it with Dez's. So Dez was in Ireland, selfish. So I did it with Dez's brother, Aiden, who is basically Dez except younger, talks exactly the same, looks pretty similar. And he's a comic and he did great. And then I went to Kansas City this last weekend. Guys, we're on a journey together. And Kansas City had the best barbecue but they made fun of me because I was just like ordering from my hotel room. Apparently I ordered from like two fast food places. They're like, those are chain restaurants. How could you? And I'm like, I'll be back. And then I'm like, I don't know when I'll be back. But um, chain restaurants had incredible barbecue. I got the burnt ends, which don't sound good, but believe me, they are. A little pulled pork, got some biscuits and gravy. And then I heard biscuits and gravy is not even their thing. But you know what? I eat my way through places and it's been fun. Um. But that's been my journey. I've now put my focus on my comedy. And I also have been talking to a new therapist. And um, a lot of it has been working on, like, a lot of stuff in my past that I don't even know still affects my decisions today, still affects my mindset today. So working that through, it's almost like I feel like every couple of years you have to just, like, get back in there and be like, well, how do we feel about this? Where is our perspective on this? And recently I've been working on just having faith and like learning to trust that, you know, the universe knows what's going on and, and I don't have to be so hard on myself or so negative to myself when things don't work out. And you guys on this podcast, you've you've heard me from the beginning, which before I even like had done a TV show, you heard me when I was on my highs, you've heard me on my lows and... um 
there's been times and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this because I don't feel like I'm in a good place to talk and try to make people feel better about their mental health. But that's part of the journey. And um, I want you guys to message me, DM me, little devils. DM me any people that you want me to have on that recently are interesting to you. Also, I think Des is going to come back on, so let me know if you have any specific questions for him. And let's get into this Josh Flag episode because I've been watching Josh Flag on Bravo forever and I was a little starstruck and he was a hoot. That's how I'm going to describe it. He was a hoot, lots of personality and um, enjoy. Welcome to hell. Do you like being a boss? Yeah, I do. Because leadership doesn't just come naturally to everyone. Yeah, apparently, according to my staff, it doesn't come very naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Burning What is up, guys? Welcome to Burning in Hell. I'm your host, Hannah Burner. What an exciting episode we have today. We have Josh Flagg, who I'm obsessed with. I've seen him on TV forever. And he is a very accomplished man. He's sold over $2 billion worth of property. I don't even know how to count to a billion. I don't think a lot of us do. He is among the top real estate agents in all of Los Angeles. He's sold homes for a lot of famous people, also the star of Bravo's Million Dollar Listing. And he's involved in tons of charities. <laughs> and he has tons of passions. And we're going to delve into who the real Josh Flagg is today. Josh, thank you for coming to hell. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Where are you right now? Are you in LA? I'm in my dining room. Where are you? Amazing. I'm currently in my apartment in the Lower East Side. Why are you wearing a sock on your microphone? <laughs> He's calling me out. Without the sock, the peas pop really loudly. And I did lose the top of it. And I apologize if this is super You change the sock every day or use the same sock? I change the sock depending on my mood. Like this is this is a cat sock because I love cats. Nice. <laughs> now, Josh, did you originally think that you were going to be on reality TV? Was that ever in your manifesto? Yes. Really? No, I didn't think I was going to be on TV, but I knew <laughs> that I would somehow be on television. Very interesting. Did you always want to be in real estate as well? Or was that just a side money thing in the beginning? When I was a kid, Fred Savage from the Wonder Years told me I should be a theatrical agent. <laughs> and I um, wanted to do that for many years. And then my uncle, who was at William Morris, said, well, you got to start reading Variety in the trades. And my parents got me a subscription to it. And then the varieties would come to the house and then I wouldn't read them. And then eventually there was like 60 of them stacked up. And my mom told me like, you're not going to be an agent. What the hell are you doing? You haven't even read <laughs> one of these. So that was when I decided to shift my career. I love that because really the only thing an agent needs to do is know people's names and variety and yeah, negotiate. I don't need to know anything about houses either. <laughs> is it nerve wracking to have to negotiate deals on television or do you love the high? I love the negotiation. I love the check that comes in. I love <laughs> people. <laughs> it's, so you have to be a people person. Do you actually like being around people and learning about new people? 
No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, because that was I'm that's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm very good with people. I'm terrible with negotiating. Like, I will just I'll do everything for free if I didn't have an agent. Do you have any easy advice for me on negotiating tactics to get anything? It sounds like you just suck at it. So I'm probably. so bad. I will fold immediately. Yeah, I'm like, they have a family. They have children. Have done. I would just say, stop paying retail. I get that. Now, <laughs> you also are married. Congratulations. Thank you. As someone who knows that there's always like beautiful people in LA and beautiful houses in LA and more money and more this, what made you decide to settle down and get off the market with Bobby? I didn't want to die alone. <laughs> Why do people get married? I don't know. How do you answer that? <laughs> I mean, I really how want- was he? How was he different than other guys you've met in the past? He's very smart. He's very handsome. He's very considerate, and um, he's a lot of things that I'm not. <laughs> You're a Leo, aren't you? Absolutely. I'm a Leo too. We are fiery. We're fire signs. But you have other passions. You are into art, travel classic cars, interior design, tons of things. How do you find the time to have like actual hobbies and collections? Because I feel like you must be working all the time. I am, but you know, I also go to bed every morning at like 4am. So I have like four hours, like five hours in the night that nobody can disturb me or bother me. And I can just, you know, surf on first dibs or Christie's and I can buy things. That's how I do it. Wait, so you're up all night I buying shit. Like, mm. <laughs> I get maybe five hours of sleep. I wake up a little late. I wake up probably like around nine. Yeah. I get five hours of sleep. Oh my. And you function? Not really well. <laughs> With alcohol, I do. I get it. Think about how much time you spend at home. Does your home really make you feel great? If not, it's time to change it. Now picture yourself coming home, seeing beautiful new furniture from Jordan's. Eating out or a vacation, those things just come and go. But walking into your room and loving what you see, you'll enjoy that every day. Right now, come to Jordan's Furniture and get 15% off everything or get up to 60 months with no interest. Call 1-866-245-4722 for financing details. Restrictions apply. Subject to credit approval. I feel like I talked to Ryan Serhant, who's the new the New York guy, and he's just like, I'm up in the morning. I'm working like crazy. I'm scared that I'm going to lose all my money one day. I hate people like that. <laughs> it made me upset. It made oh, me upset. Like, oh, I went to the gym at four, and then I had a protein shake, and then I walked the dog, and then I blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Well, it sounded like he basically was like, I'm always scared and I'm not always happy and I always need more. And I was like, oh, no, is that the secret to success? I hate positive people like that. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Like, if I'm doing it five in the morning, I'm sleeping. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not doing any of that shit. And by the way, I don't believe it either. Yeah. I don't believe what any is- of those people that say they're up at four in the morning. You know why they say that? Because no one else is a fucking awake so that, to prove them wrong. <laughs> They have no witnesses. There's no witnesses. Nobody's up at four in the morning. I don't buy it. What do you think your secret to success is? Um, alcohol. <laughs> what's your What's your wine of choice? Um, today, I think I'm drinking a um, Franzia out of the box. I love it. I love it. He's highbrow. He's lowbrow. What percentage of time that you're filming are you drunk? Um, the question should be, what percentage of my day is... <laughs> 
uh, of my drunk. Um, I wouldn't say I'm ever drunk. I would say there's just a consistent uh, um, flow of alcohol throughout mm-hmm. the day. Um, mm-hmm. Might be a Bloody Mary for breakfast, and then mm-hmm. well, maybe two, and then uh, around lunchtime, maybe a glass of Sancerre, and you know, maybe evening a bottle of wine or two. It sounds like such an elegant lifestyle. Yeah, it's not like I'm like a you know like I'm all over the place like a drunk or anything. I mean, I mean, I'm completely you know I do it very elegantly. Well, I was about to say when you answered just holding your glass of wine, I was like, oh my god, I'm nervous. He's so classy. Yeah, no, I'm not like drinking out of a box or you know sitting in my car pounding back some beers. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a classy drunk. I saw recently on your Instagram you have a picture with Josh Altman. Now, I don't know the update about you guys, but I mean, obviously, he's like super competitive and stuff. How the fuck are you guys still friends after all these years of mean, reality cool. TV? We weren't friends until this year. Is this your first year that you're getting along? Yeah, we hated each other. But, um, <laughs> we hated each other for a really long time. How did you manage to forgive and forget and, and open up to a friendship with him? I felt sorry for him. <laughs> You're so iconic. I can't handle it. I know. <laughs> okay. Overall, you have an incredible energy of confidence, but what are your biggest yeah, insecurities? Look. You look incredible today. Thanks. What's your biggest insecurities, though? Like physically, uh, emotionally? Oh, my God. Where do you want to start? How, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, by the way, my dog is a psycho. He ate the baseboard of my house this morning. Oh, no. Is he cute at least? I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What a fluffo. What's his name? His name is George. George, let's not eat the floor. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. He ate another dog. He was actually just fired from his dog walker. I just got home right before the podcast. Um, And the dog walkers that I had to talk to, I go, what's wrong? He goes... I have to fire George. I go, why? He goes, he, he bit another dog today. I go, it's impossible. George is like the sweetest, fluffiest animal. He goes, um, I can't control this dog. Like, <laughs> like, and literally this dog had 30 weeks of training. Like this dog should have been able to come back from the trainer and fucking like program a website. I thought this dog was going to be so smart. Like he should have been able to like write JavaScript, right? This dog literally is so dumb. He ate the drywall yesterday. He is right now chewing on my foot. He is so stupid, <laughs> he's so cute, and I'm really considering sending him back. And uh, he was just fired. Who, what dog gets fired? I can't, I can't handle it because he was eating drywall. He ate the drywall. Who eats drywall? He's trying to poison himself. He's trying to get out. You know what? That wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm really <laughs> up my, like, literally, I'm so pissed. He ate, he fucking pissed on a $40,000 rug. <laughs> I'm so unhappy about it. I can't. <laughs> I'm really unhappy because this dog literally was close to $30,000. Shut I swear up. to God. If this dog was like I rescued him at the shelter and he was like $300 for a vaccination or a shot and we're good to go, I wouldn't be so pissed. But this dog, I was sold a bad bill of goods. Well, they say sometimes the pure breeds are like a little bit stupid because there's so, yeah, there's so much, um, what's it called, incestual... Should happen. You know his name, George. <laughs> uh, 
nothing. Why did you and Bobby decide to get a dog together? Because my friend Tracy, who's on the show, has mm-hmm. a dog, which is from the same breeder and is, by the way, perfect. Yep. And I went to Alabama to get this dog. I flew there to, uh, if you're going to live That's with a reality girl, show in itself, okay, if you're, you're going to Alabama for 15 years, you want to make sure that you like the person. Right. So like, I don't know these people like got buy dogs and don't meet them. So I flew out there, didn't like the first dog flew home, flew out again. And then this dog was so well-behaved and great and just beautiful. Such a sweet dog. I didn't realize it was the devil. <laughs> Also, I love how we got his shit together for like the hour you were there. He knew. Literally. It was Lady were probably I probably left and they're like, sucker. <laughs> by the way, he was returned by another dog owner. Now I know why. Now you know why. Yeah. Oh my god. They said it was at the, the family was allergic. And then I was thinking about it. This is the most hypoallergenic dog dead. <laughs> it's now all coming together. They were allergic to his personality. <laughs> Seriously. Well, do you think that you guys are going to have babies like humans? Um, like human babies? Um, yes. Um, I want to when I'm 40. So in about 10 years. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, why are you waiting? Um, why am I waiting? Because I enjoy my life currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm currently dealing with. I'm like, if I have kids, then it's 18 years to shit. Would you be a good or, I don't know. I don't know. I can barely mother myself. But people are like, oh, your instincts, your parent, parenting instincts will come. I'm like, well, th- I doubt it because uh-huh. I have a cat and yeah. she basically takes care of me at this point. That's a really um, scary. <laughs> it is. Josh, do not try to, because I have ADD too. Do not try to push me around. What's your biggest insecurity? That wasn't one of the questions. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That th- those are the questions at the end. Those are the hard ones. We just have a couple beforehand. Uh, my biggest insecurity, probably just uh, accept like people liking me, like uh, having to be the center of the room, acceptance. People always thinking I'm the, you know, the best, the richest, the this, the that. Like I have to always like prove myself. Same, I get it. But you were lucky that you were mentored and. I mean, I need to bring up Edith because I am a huge Edith fan. I love her to death. And she is an incredible human, your grandma. Tell me why. She she was a Holocaust survivor? Yeah. Like, what the? And then she not only survived the Holocaust, but then she's a big-time entrepreneur. She was in fashion. How'd you know that? Did we talk about that on the show? Did we? I don't remember if we did. I mean, I just did like a full... 30 minutes of reading about Edith (laughs) and I was like Josh is really interesting but now I understand the kind of people he comes from she is and then she would film I remember when she would film yeah and she just this she shined were there any things that Edith would tell you about life that you think people should hear um yeah but none of them apply to me Just fantastic. Really fantastic. Was it nice to come from an entrepreneurial family? Like, did you feel like you were going to be entrepreneurial because yeah, you came from sure. that? Because you didn't I, even go to college, right? No, absolutely not. Um, but I had been to 70 countries by the time I was 22. So yeah, I had definitely a different kind of an education. But, yes. you know, it's like my sister went to Duke. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, go to college. <laughs> you know totally different people 
Well, it's funny because I'm similar where my brother has done like the corporate ladder and stuff and I just knew that was never my story. But did you ever, were you ever scared? Like, oh no, I didn't go to school. I need to really, I need to succeed on my own. I can't just no, use a resume. No, I didn't be successful. That wasn't an option. I was not concerned about that. I fucking love that. Now, do you deal with anxiety at all? Oh my God, literally every day. But it's not like a particular thing. I just wake up anxious to the point <laughs> yeah, where like, there's no reason. No, there's no reason. I literally it could be George. Where I gag in the morning, I like go, <laughs> and then I'll control myself, and then I'll go sit on the toilet, and I'll relieve myself. So, with your anxiety, do you think it drives you, or have you just learned to cope with it? How have you? Because you're clearly highly functioning as an anxious person. Yeah. How do you manage it? Um, not well. <laughs> yeah i mean it's really tough being inside my head it's just tiresome yeah i bet yeah. especially funny people i feel like have the darkest quickest the most constant thoughts the voices yes the voices how do, how is bobby's anxiety and how do you guys handle each other's demons together like does he help with your anxiety does he Accept your anxiety. Really have much anxiety, I don't think. Um, oh, I hate those people. Yeah, does he? Yeah, uh, and it just makes me feel just like even worse because like I did my head do. I don't, I don't think anybody helps me with my anxiety. You know, I'm the only one who can help myself with my anxiety. True. But, but um, he tolerates it. I mean, he got married to me. You'd have to. I mean, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's part of what makes you you. Do you ever deal with depression? Yeah, I'm on Prozac. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm a shareholder in the company. <laughs> Dude, what is the connection between like mental health and people who struggle with depression and anxiety and being like creative entrepreneurs? Because I feel like it, it's always together. Um, I'd probably rather be less successful and not deal with all this baggage. That's so funny. That's, well, I also want to know. After you hit your first million and you're making more and more millions, does money equal happiness? Like once you have a lot of money, it does. Damn it. <laughs> a different answer, weren't you? <laughs> they say after your first million, it doesn't affect it that much. I lie, whoever wrote that line. <laughs> Will you ever not care to make more money? Will you ever hit a moment where you're like, this is good? Absolutely not. I <laughs> Why would I, I, I can retire when I'm dead. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be so bored. Why would I want to do that? Do you have any advice for overall succeeding in real estate in LA? Like what makes an incredible real estate agent? Somebody who knows the market and knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who's personable, obviously, tenacity, somebody who wants to be social, somebody who wants to like, when I go to a restaurant, I always have the, I, they know what table to sit me in. I want to, I want to face my, I want, my back faces the wall. I'm looking, I'm reading the room walls because I don't want to get shot. So I look <laughs> in the room. It's very important. Always have your back to the wall. No one can stab you. Yeah, I, the mafia. I work the room. It's a shtick. I know what to do. Wow. I, I know that you've written a bunch of books, but I'd love you to write a book about how to like um, take over LA socially. Yeah. Well, we have a book coming out again in, um, Next year, I think in either July or September, Harper Collins is publishing it. I can't remember um, what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be quality. 
about me, obviously. It's going to be premium content. Yeah, I know. It's actually really premium content. Like, it's good. I can't wait. Do you like being a boss? Yeah, I do. Because leadership doesn't just come naturally to everyone. Yeah, apparently, according to my staff, it doesn't come very naturally. <laughs> what are their biggest complaints? Besides probably George running into meetings and peeing on everyone. My biggest complaint about my staff or about what? That the staff complains about you. Well, they don't like when George pees on the carpet, but they really don't like when I pee on the carpet. <laughs> That's been the latest one. Um. <laughs> okay, before we play our final game, I have to ask you, if you went to a psychic, what would you want to know? Who's the funniest guest you've ever had? The fun I mean, I have a shit ton of comedians on, but probably you. You're just saying that? You actually have... You are way funnier and sillier than I thought you'd be. Really? I thought you'd take yourself more seriously. Oh my God, no. I, but it's because when you watch people on TV, like you just see that like external character they want you to see, you know? Robert doesn't want people to see this side. <laughs> <laughs> They've edited this out, Josh. <laughs> no, I also am such a New Yorker and I feel like some, I've met a ton of LA people who are very... They take their shit so seriously. They're always bragging about themselves. But you have like kind of a New York side to you a little, I feel like, where you just like shit on everyone and everything, which I love. It's nice. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us bonding. Yeah. Um, one of, yeah, I've had a lot of funny comedians on, but sometimes the comic interviews are the darkest where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. So yeah. comedians could be pretty fucked up, which is why we love them. And they're usually very depressed. Yes, um, there definitely has to be pain for them to like want to make people laugh that bad every night. Yeah, like they have to be running from something real dark. Yeah, real but dark. I also, I also feel like you could do stand up if you wanted. Um, you know why I couldn't? Because I have a horrible memory, and you have to like, know like you have to have a repertoire. And I couldn't remember. Like I'm really good when I'm rifting with somebody. There would have to be yes. a that was asking me questions or, or rifting, then I can take the room. But I can't remember. Unless it was a teleprompter, maybe I could. Well, I do think you – I know you started doing your interviews on Instagram, but you should definitely have a podcast if you don't already because the gift uh, of gab, just you got to let it go. And you yeah, get better and better at, like, at coming up with like riffs and coming up with funny stories the more you do it. Do you believe in psychics? Because you're in L.A. Isn't that what people do? Um, I've never had my fortune told. Is that what you call it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Tell me my fortune. Fortune teller. <laughs> if you could go to a psychic and they could tell you something about your future, what would you want to know? I would never want to go to a psychic. I do not want to know what my future. You're like, that's called anxiety. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> the last thing I want. Because oh, in your head you still have a lot of things that you want to earn or chase or win or gain. Cause you're only freaking early thirties. Well, maybe. I just, I mean, my, my future is probably very short lived. So I don't want to be told about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like one day George, he's going to bite your neck. Anyway, I think it's time to play the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins. Who are you envious of? My father. Your father? Yes. Oh, now we're getting deep. Why are you envious of your father? 
because he got to spend more time with my grandma than I did. Oh, I'm sorry I brought up, up Edith. I didn't want to get you upset. I just feel like I need to give her praise whenever I can. Why would I be upset about it? She's very responsible for many things in my life. If, we, if we're going to cry on this pod, that's okay, too. Can you cancel dinner tonight? I tell them I'm sick. Is that the go-to that you're sick? It is. It, the problem is it doesn't work when I tell people three weeks ahead of time that I'm going to be sick. <laughs> recently and i can't figure out why people think that's weird but apparently it's not normal to know that you're going to be sick three weeks in advance <laughs> i love that so much i was you- sick today but then i decided i felt healthy oh thank you honey you're welcome especially with covid going around i do not want you to be sick no, i don't either actually they what what are you gluttonous about? So what do you overindulge in besides besides wine? Food. Food. What are your go-to spots or go-to meals that you like to eat? It's not about, it's like I, for some weird reason, like I can't eat in a restaurant unless there's a white tablecloth. I can't, I has to be always the, like it just, I, like if I go to a restaurant, like if it's, it has to have a white tablecloth, it has great stemware, it has to be food like I'm just a wacko like that like I I don't know like I, it's just weird do you ever set up your open houses or do you have people for that now um I have people um ready that I have people ready and willing to do that for me do you have a certain aesthetic that you always do for your open houses or do you change depending on the house yeah they light a candle and call it a day <laughs> no food fuck that not even some cheese and crackers? Yeah, I get some turkey wraps at Ralph's. <laughs> okay. When was the last time you experienced extreme anger or wrath? This week. Why? Um, when somebody leaked to the press that I was moving companies and the um, I was not even prepared uh, to move yet. It was a, uh, we were in talks, but nothing was solidified. And so... Uh, the process was sped up and I was, I basically had 48 hours to move offices and start over. And this person will soon see my wrath and it will be very um, public. I love that. I can't wait for the tea to be spilled. And I'm sorry you went through that because that's fucked up. Living, doing business in public is just a nightmare. When was the last time you were a lazy piece of shit to like a sloth, didn't get out of bed? Uh, three days ago, um, it was my birthday, and I decided to just stay in bed and watch Criminal Minds. <gasps> Happy birthday. I love that for you, you Leo Queen. Yeah, I love that show, by the way. When was the last time you let your ego get in the way of something or, like, your pride? This is a tough one. Uh, Courtney, did we pre-write answers to that question? I don't remember that one on the list. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> Last time you let your pride get in the way of something. When was the last time I got my pride in in the way? Do you think you have an ego? Oh, when I don't listen to you about social media, <laughs> random shit. I like to post everything. Oh, so do you ever have a side to you that's like I want to keep this private? I want to keep this to me. Not really, to be honest with you. I probably should though. Did you have any seasons of reality TV that were? really hard that you're like, I don't want to do this again because of the public. What'd you say? First 12 years. Oh, same. Except I only lasted three. No, I actually love, no, I've never had any, no, I've loved being on the show for every single second of it. Oh, 
When was the last time you lusted over someone besides Bobby? Who's like your celeb crush? That's the heart of the questions. I was going to say, I was going to say Bobby. <laughs> what? Okay. I want to know, is Bobby your typical type that you would go for? Because I'm obsessed with Bobby. I think he's so cute. Um, my typical type? I mean, my type was always just, I didn't have a type. It was just attractive, you know? It wasn't mm. like, you know, Latin or, you know, this. Tall or, or all, you know, whatever. It wasn't like a, you know, Jewish, not Jewish. I, I never had a type. If you were hot, you're hot. Did you always know that you were going to be the one who was going to propose? Yeah, come on. I mean, that wasn't even like up for negotiation. Why? Please. I mean, I, I told <laughs> don't even think about proposing to me. It's not happening. <laughs> and so Are you I a flash mob and I did it in Paris. Oh, yeah, you did a flash mob. <laughs> that is <laughs> iconic. Come for me. I'm, I'm going to, believe me, I will one-up you on a proposal any day. Anybody. <laughs> That's amazing. You're like, I want it to be like minimalistic, but like flash mob power. Okay, Josh, you're doing amazing. You've survived hell, but you have one more question. What is it? What advice do you have that you would give the listeners on how to cope with their hell? When you're going through it, when you're in your darkest place, this How is you a get out of it? Podcast. I know it's pretty. It's pretty depressing. Yeah, but it's uplifting in the end. Which part? We, we survive it. I mean, you haven't survived it yet. Um, what, what, surviving. Um, pro- probably alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets me through a lot of shit. And I don't like when people say like it's bad. Like, don't drink. Blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. It makes. <laughs> especially if you're functioning like I am. Yes, and you don't... Do you like to party, though? Like, do you go out and stay yeah. out late? Oh, my God. Yeah. I still, literally, I I am... I hate staying home. I want to go out for dinner every night. <gasps> but I feel like that's what makes you a great real estate agent because you were just out on the town, yeah. pounding the pavement, having a good time. Yeah, you have to do that. Do you have any advice for, like, networking and being a good people person? Or is it just you're born with it or you're not? Born with it. You can't teach it. If somebody doesn't know how to do it, don't try and start learning. It's you, it's in you or it's not in you. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. Josh, you're a superstar. Where can people follow you? Where can people buy your books? Where can people consume you? Josh Flag one on Instagram. And it should be Josh Flag, but some motherfucker in the middle of the country took my goddamn name. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, but <laughs> one. Do you have beef with the New York guys? I really don't really give a shit about them. Which, if you could physically fight one, which one would it be? Frederick. <laughs> Wait, I would pay to watch that. But I also would pay to see you go to Alabama and try to pick out dogs. Josh, thank you so much for coming to hell. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>